Everybody doing all right? Oh, I'm doing great right now. You didn't ask, but I'm telling you. Doing spectacular. What a joy it is. Be here with y'all today. Um, uh, is it still rainy and wet outside? You know, when I woke up this morning, it, it was dark. I couldn't see the rain, but I could feel the rain when I walked in the rain. Because uh, I park over at uh, Crossroads Building. I encourage y'all to park over at Crossroads Building. Uh, you get to walk this nice little path and you get attacked by geese every now and then. Uh, it's wonderful. But park over at Crossroads Building. We even have a shuttle running over there. Not when I get there. But uh, anyway, I parked over there and I could feel the rain uh, on my bald spot. That's the, it's an indicator of rain uh, when it hits the bald spot, I know. Uh, it was also kind of chilly. I, I didn't like the cold. Did you like the cold this morning? Um, I mean, it just kind of sets you up for a, I, I mean, how many of you saw the rain, felt the cold, and said, boy, today stinks? Most of you didn't, because most of the people who did that, they're still in bed. They're <laughs> curled up in the fetal position, still laying in bed. But, I mean, we, we do life like that, don't we? I mean, uh, we, we, we walk through this life, and, and it's raining, and and uh, we start defining the whole of our life by the rain that's falling right now. Uh, it's raining. Boy, my life stinks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> you could have a different perspective. I like the perspective. You know, there's an old saying that uh, April showers may come your way. They bring the flowers that bloom in May. Yeah. When April showers. Anyway, uh, that's a great perspective. It helps you see beyond the rain today and see the result tomorrow. Helps you helps you see life beyond the right now and the struggle of the right now. But most of us, most of us, I mean, let's just be honest. And and we've taken our mask off, haven't we? I mean, we took our masks off last week. So most of us, if we're honest, and we should be, you know, we we so often define our tomorrow based upon our today. And we define the whole by the part. Now, I understand that. I do it too. Um, and this isn't uh, about being an optimist versus a, a pessimist or a realist. And, and I'm an optimist trying to be a realist surrounded by pessimists. It's just terrible. Uh, no, I, 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 I really, I'm an optimist, but that's not really what we're talking about today. We're talking about having a, having a happy heart. And we started this last week. We looked at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13. You remember that verse? Proverbs 15, 13, <clears throat> uh, where uh, the, the writer of Proverbs says this. He says, A merry heart makes for a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is crushed. And as we looked at that verse and we began to break it apart, we saw that, that really the key to a happy heart is a whole and a healthy heart. That's what merry heart means. In Proverbs 15, verse 13, the term for merry, M-E-R-R-Y, means fulfilled, satisfied, or whole. And as we look at a happy heart, it's a heart that's been made whole and a heart that's being made healthy. As we looked at, at, at that more, though, we, we recognize that, that Jesus is the one who can make our heart whole. Uh, you know, sin has done a work on us, and, and sin is, is something that we're all plagued with. And the truth is, sin cuts our heart in half. It kills our heart. And that's why so many people are looking for their soul 
today is because their heart has been cut in half. And they're looking for their true identity today because their heart has been cut in half. And where they are today doesn't match where they feel like they need to be. I get that. I mean, I understand that because I remember my heart being cut in half. But Jesus came and he suffered and he and he died for sinners like you and me so that we can be forgiven our sin so that he might make our heart whole. He gives us a new heart, the Bible says, when we trust him and embrace him as our Savior and as our King. He gives us a brand new heart, a whole heart. But we also looked at the second part of 15:13, Proverbs 15:13. It says, and by the wounds of the heart or the sorrow of the heart, the spirit is crushed. Now, we looked at wounds or, or sorrow. Your translation may say sorrow. Sorrow there is a term that means hurt, pain, cuts, wounds. As we looked at that last week, we saw, well, you know, there are certain parts of my life that I carry with me today. Even though Jesus gave me a new heart when I became a follower of his, there's still some things I'm carrying with me from yesterday. There are hurts that I still carry with me and, and pains that I still carry with me and wounds that I still carry with me. And those wounds of yesterday can influence how I respond to today so that it crushes my spirit. And we looked at the cycle of, of 1513 where a wounded heart crushes the spirit and when my spirit is crushed, it wounds my heart some more so that it crushes my spirit some more so that it wounds my heart some more so that it crushes my spirit some more so it wounds my heart and we're in this crazy cycle of pain. But the good news is, and we began looking at this last week, the good news is that Jesus not only makes our half-heart whole, but Jesus has come to make our whole heart healthy. He's come to take our wounds and heal them. I love that picture of Jesus. I mean, we, we, we're Baptists, and we have a hard time with all this idea. I'm going to be talking about healing today, right? And, and, and I know I'm, some of y'all are shaking in your shoes a little bit, you know, nervous. He's talking about healing. Uh, well, dude, so much of what Jesus did was healing, right? I mean, come on, give me a little help. Um, uh, anyway, I, 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 we're going to talk about healing today, and, and, and we need healing for our wounded heart. I mean, we're followers of Jesus. We know him, uh, but we're still carrying some of the baggage of our yesterday. And we're not going to have a happy heart until we let Jesus make our whole heart healthy. Till he heals us. Boy, Jesus wants to do that for you. And I know that's a journey, and it's not something that, that happens all at once for most of us. Sometimes it does, and I'm glad about that. But today what we're going to do is we're going to look at Proverbs 15, verses 14 and 15. We're going to see how that Jesus takes us on this journey of healing and health. Um, the big picture that we're looking at, though, and the one big picture I want us to grab today is that the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our heart. Now, the reason we need to pick this up is because so many of us start from a different angle. Like the, when you woke up this morning, you saw it raining, and maybe you said, this day stinks. Well, you've determined the quality of your life today based upon the quality of your circumstances. That's, that's how a lot of us do life. That's how all of us do life at some time. 
I mean, there will be occasions when I allow the quality of my circumstances to determine how I view the quality of my life. So if, if, uh, if, if the quality of your circumstances is low, then the quality of your life is low. Again, I understand it. I understand clearly. I understand personally. I understand powerfully how I can let the rain determine how I view my life. I get that. But that's not the way we're supposed to live. Now look at Proverbs 15. Look at verses 14 and 15. Now verse 14 Solomon's writing, remember 13, a merry heart makes for a cheerful countenance, but by the wounds of the heart, the spirit is crushed. Verse 14, he says, the, the person or he who has a heart of understanding seeks knowledge, pursues knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. Verse 15, says, all the days of the afflicted are evil or are bad. But he who has a good heart has a continual feast. Now, you look at that, you say, well, okay, what does that have to do with a happy heart? Well, heart's a big deal in Scripture, and heart's a big deal in these three verses. Heart's a big deal in Scripture. Remember Proverbs 4.23 says we need to take great care of our heart because it's the seed of our life. It, out of our heart springs our life. The heart being the, the, the place where we make decisions, the place where we feel, the place where we have a will and we decide. That's, that's the heart in the Bible. And, and so the heart, we need to take great care of it because out of our heart springs our life. And remember Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He's saying, you can have a happy heart because you're going to see God if your heart is pure or good or whole or healthy. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 21, Jesus, Jesus said that the heart is the storehouse of the things that you hold important. So make sure that you put the most important things in your heart. Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said, similar to what Proverbs 4.23 says, Jesus said that the things you do, whether they're good or bad, comes from a heart. And the quality of your heart determines whether what you're doing is going to be good stuff or bad stuff. So here we are today, and we're looking at the rain, and it's hard for us to evaluate the quality of our life because we're so consumed with the quality of our circumstances. And I guess part of the struggle for us is that's, that's really how most of us determine how our life is going. How's it going with you? How you doing? Oh man, I had a flat tire on the way to work today. And while I was standing there changing the tire, I had a person spit on me. And while I was bending over to clean off the spit off my shoe, I ripped my pants. When I got in the car, to, after I changed the tire, I got in the car to, to, to start it up. The battery was dead because I left the air conditioner on because I didn't want to be hot when I got back in the car. Had to call AAA, found out my AAA membership expired three weeks ago. 
You feeling me? Hey, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, we, and, and so how's your day? Well, my day is stinky. Why? Because my circumstances are stinky. Now, I get that, but again, that's not how we're supposed to live. You might say, well, how do you, I mean, is that just what Solomon says? No, no, look at the life of the Apostle Paul. When Paul was writing his letter to the believers in Philippi, he was in prison. And in Philippians chapter 1, he he even acknowledged, I don't know whether I'm going to live or whether I'm going to die. But he said in Philippians, he said, but I've learned no matter what the state of my circumstances, I've learned to be content. Content being another word for fulfilled, being another word for happy. How do we get there? That's the journey that we're going to take today, all right? So we got to change our thinking from, from the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our circumstances. We've got to, change, got to take the mask off, and we've got to change the, the way we think so that we see that the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our heart. And when the quality of our heart is high, then no matter our circumstances... We're going to have a high quality of life. All right, so moving toward a happy heart, uh, to, to, to learn this lesson, to apply this principle, first of all, we've got to pursue the path that leads to a healthy heart. Now, this is verse 14, and you've got to stick with me, okay, because I'm, 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 this is very, a lot of progression. This is a journey, but you've got to stick with me, okay? And I want you to see yourself on this journey, okay? Where are you on this journey? This is important. All right, so here's what, here's what Solomon writes. He says, the person who has a heart of understanding seeks knowledge. All right, as I break that down, let's, let's just, uh, he's talking about the heart, and he's talking about the heart of understanding. That's important. Understanding here is a term in the Hebrew that, that means more than just your IQ. It's, it's more than just your ability to do math. It's more than your ability to understand an algebraic equation or a chemistry formula. It's more than your ability to, uh, uh, to uh, be able to uh, diagram a, a sentence or understand that assets uh, plus, uh, uh, no, uh, uh, assets plus owner's equity equal liabilities. Um, is that right? Accounting? Yes? No, that's wrong. Assets? Minus liability equals owner's equity. It's been 20 years since I studied it. Thank goodness I'm not an accountant today. Just enough to get you in trouble. Anyway, so you, you, it's, it's not your ability to gather information and put it in your head. That's not understanding in Scripture. Understanding in Scripture is a gift of God that can only be given to those who have a new heart that Christ has made. You see, it, once you become a follower of Jesus, then immediately Jesus gives you a new heart. You have a heart that can see God. You have a heart that is connected to God. But, but here's the thing. He gives you that new heart by pouring his spirit within you. So you now have the spirit of God residing within you. Here's the deal. The reason so many of us live 
with a low-quality heart that leads to a low-quality life, even as followers of Christ, is because we're not looking to the Spirit of God to open our eyes to see ourselves the way God sees us. We're not allowing the Spirit of God to direct our minds and our hearts to have insight and perception about our life and even about the rain that happened this morning. The Spirit of God dwells within you if indeed you are a follower of Jesus so that you can live in supernatural power. Supernatural, not a word we like to use in this modern world. Supernatural, beyond the natural, beyond the normal, beyond the norm. Supernatural, what science and, and, and logic can't explain. Supernatural, sun stopping in its track. Seas parting, mountains moving. Supernatural, that's what happens when the Spirit of God takes up residence within you. Now you might say, well, I've never experienced anything like that. That's my point. That is my point. We do everything up here. But see, when, when Jesus gave us a new heart, he poured the spirit of truth in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It, uh, just looking, beginning in verse uh, 11. We're going to read through verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? So he's saying this. You know... The things of man, because you have the spirit of man inside you, apples to apples, right? I understand the spirit of man because I, I, I got the spirit of man in me, right? He could have said, who knows the spirit of, of a woman? Definitely not the spirit of a man. Thank you, Jesus, for that word. That's a joke. All right, so then he, he adds, even so, to one who knows the, uh, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So he's saying the only way you can know the things of God is if you have the Spirit of God within you, apples to apples, right? All right, so then he says, verse 12, now we've received. He's talking to followers of Jesus. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So, we've received the spirit of God. You've got the spirit of God residing within you so that you might have understanding of the things freely given to us by God. He goes on. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which uh, man's wisdom teaches us, uh, but uh, which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things rightly. He's Himself is judged rightly by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct the Lord? But we have the mind of Christ. The Spirit of God gives us the very mind of Christ. 
So here we are, we're living in this world. We see the rain and our natural response, our first natural response is, oh, my life sinks because the rain is falling. But the Spirit of God awakens us to say, wait a second, you need to look. I want to show you something maybe you do not know. I want you to see something that your natural response isn't showing you. I want to connect you with the living God right now so that you can live in spiritual power, so that you can have a higher quality of life because you have a higher quality of heart. Now, that's available to us. Now, here's what, here's what Solomon, back to Proverbs 15, verse 14, he says, um, he says, the, the man who's, who has a heart of understanding. Now, the Spirit's work is to connect us with God. The Spirit's work is to bring us into immediate intimacy with God, even in the midst of the rainy days. But here's our work. Our work is to pursue, seek knowledge. What's he talking about knowledge there? He's talking about knowledge of God. Knowledge of God is summarized like this. Knowledge is simply doing what God wants. That's it. It's doing life the way God says. That's what knowledge is. Knowledge throughout Proverbs and, and, and uh, the Old Testament, as it's used in this context, means this is doing life the way God says. So it's not doing life the way my natural response says, but it's doing life the way my supernatural response says. It's doing life the way God says. Now, the way we have a higher quality of life, I don't know if you get this, but let me just throw this truth on you right now. The way you have a higher quality of life, bottom line is do life the way God says. And Jesus has given you a heart tuned into that channel. The Spirit of God resides within you to awaken you to that channel, to hit the alarm in your soul and say, hey, wait a second, this is what God says. Well, we're supposed to chase after that. To seek knowledge means that we're going to seek first what God wants. Now, here, here's, here's an example. Uh, an example would be, um, if, if I'm standing here, you come up, stand on this platform, and slap me in the face. My natural response, what do you think my natural response would be? What would your natural response be? Now, remember, your mask is not on today, so what would your natural response be? Yeah, I mean, it's either to slap back or maybe say an unkind word back, or maybe, maybe your response is to, to crawl into the corner and cry a little bit. And, and by the way, I've done all three. I've slapped back, and I've, I've said an unkind word back, and I've crawled in a corner and cried. I did all that last week. <laughs> I mean, I understand. That's your natural response. Somebody sends you a hateful email. What's your natural response? Delete. That's all I'm saying. Delete. No, your natural response is to respond in kind. But what happens when, before you have that natural response, the Spirit of God reminds you, wait a second, I want you to have a healthy heart, not a heart that's diseased with bitterness and poisoned by anger. I want you to have a healthy heart. And so, Eric, you don't need to respond the way you naturally want to respond. You need to respond the way God says to respond. 
This is what God wants you to do. And he'll call to mind a passage of Scripture. He'll call to mind a word from Jesus. And he'll call to mind through a prayer. He'll bring along a friend who'll speak the truth of God into my life. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I can't slap him back. You know what I'm saying? The path to a healthy life is to is to do what God wants. To adjust my heart, to adjust my life, to adjust my emotions, my will, my thinking to what God wants. Now, the second part of this, uh, of, of this verse, uh, of verse 14 says, uh, but the mouth of fools feeds on, folly, uh, on foolishness or folly. And what he's talking about here is we need to remember the crazy cycle. Or cycle of crazy. We all got some crazy in us. Right? I hope you can identify some of your crazy today. We talked about this cycle last week, and I've already mentioned it once. Now, the cycle goes like this. I've been, I'm carrying with me some wounds, some pain, some past that, that it has so influenced me that, that it crushes my spirit. And that crushed spirit continues to reinforce this wound, this pain, this, this past that then again crushes my spirit, that continues to reinforce this, this, this pain, that continues to crush my spirit, that continues to reinforce my... But that's not how we're supposed to live. See, we're supposed to break that cycle of crazy. We break that cycle of crazy when, when we feel the crushed spirit come back over here and then we say, okay, I'm not going to respond to that wound the way I've always responded to that wound. I'm going to look to Jesus to show me how to respond. Now, that is in direct contrast to the cycle of crazy that Solomon hits. He says, the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. Now, where verse 13 was talking about what happens inside, verse 14 is talking about the crazy cycle in our behavior, okay? So here's what he's saying. He's saying, okay, a fool. You know what a fool is? A fool is someone who disregards what God wants. That's a fool. Simple definition, but complete definition. A fool is someone who disregards what God wants. So the fool sits and he says, okay, God wants me to respond in a different way. I'm not going to respond in a different way. I'm going to keep on responding the way I've always responded because it makes, my, it makes me feel better. And that's called foolishness. You're acting a fool because you're doing foolish things. And you know, there is an adage that says you can't fix stupid, but Jesus came to fix stupid. I mean, I am the testimony. <laughs> Living, breathing. Here's the thing. We don't have to live that cycle of crazy where, where we're carrying this hurt or we have this pain or we have this, 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 this thing in our life and, and we have uh, someone hurts us. And so our natural response is to respond with bitterness. Well, responding with bitterness is not the way God wants us to respond. And so it crushes our spirit and adds to the pain, which then adds to our bitterness, which then adds to our pain, which then adds to our bitterness. So when, 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 when Solomon says the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness, he's saying you're just keeping on eating this poison. 
And it's, it's, not, it's not that the bitterness hurts others so much, although it does. He's really talking about how it hurts you. It's, it's where it's killing you because it's killing your heart. Your heart is sick and it needs to be made whole. So here's how you stop the crazy. Somebody does something to you. Your natural response is, I, I'm going to act in bitterness. I'm going to respond with bitterness. But the Spirit of God says, stop. We want to heal some of that bitterness in your life. And the way we're going to heal some of that bitterness in your life is I'm going to show you some of the, uh, some of the faithfulness of God in your life. I'm going to show you the faithfulness of God in your experience. I'm going to show you the faithfulness of God in your past, in your present, and in your future. I'm going to show you how God loves you. I'm going to show you who God is. I'm going to open your eyes to see the power and the promise of God in your life. You're going to feed on the faithfulness of God, not the foolishness anymore. And we say yes. We were going to pursue that knowledge. We say yes to what the Spirit of God unveils. And we're healed for that cycle. And, and I say it like that because that cycle will come around again. Y'all know what I'm talking Have y'all identified you're crazy yet? That crazy stuff, that, that cycle of crazy. You know what that cycle of crazy is in you? If you don't, find it. You've got to find it. Take the mask off. Be honest. See the crazy that you got. Because you need some healing from that. Your heart needs to be made whole and well. So identify the crazy. Are you going to keep feasting on foolishness? Or are you going to start feasting on God's faithfulness? The choice is yours. And here's a good thing we need to do finally. is We need to test the quality of our heart. See, that's what verse 15 is all about. Verse 15 is the test of the quality of your heart. Here's what, here's what Solomon says. He says, um, all the days of the afflicted are evil. But the person with a good heart, literally, the person with a good heart, has a continual feast. So what's he saying there? What's the test? Well, uh, the test is begins with afflicted. Afflicted kind of dominates that whole verse. Afflicted there is someone who's having a bad day. It's raining. It's raining. It's raining. It's raining. Uh, the afflicted, that's someone who is in dire straits, in distress, in bad circumstances. They're innocently oppressed. They're uh, experiencing injustice. They've been beat down by the man. They're uh, dealing with a, a domineering parent who doesn't let them go out on dates ever. That's not me. I don't know why you're laughing. It's just an example I pulled out of the hat. It's that innocent oppression. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, my, it's raining outside. Does anybody in here have a birthday today? But, but today, <laughs> birthday, birthday. We canceled your birthday celebration today because it's raining. <laughs> I know, it, it flips, doesn't it? It comes to a point where you, you, it, it flips. Okay, we're not celebrating today. Um, no, hey, suppose, your, suppose your child had a birthday today. You, your child had a birthday today. You woke up and you saw the rain and it was cold. And you walk into your child's room, you wake them up and say, I know today's your birthday, but we canceled the party because it's raining. No, we're not going to have a birthday cake. There are not going to be any presents. We cannot have any kind of celebration. No happy, happy, happy today. 
It's raining outside. Well, who in their right mind would do that? No one. But that's what you do with your life. That's what I do with my life. When it starts raining outside, I act like all the days are bad. I'm going to cancel every moment of happiness. I'm going to cancel. Everything stinks. It's raining. Didn't you see the rain? Didn't you see the clouds? Some of us have gotten so good at it, it doesn't even have to rain. It only has to threaten to rain. It's threatening to rain. Oh, well, my life stinks. And that's what he's saying. All the days of the afflicted are bad or evil. Guys, if you evaluate the quality of your life based upon it raining, then you know you need the Holy Spirit to do some healing in your heart. If you're eva- and we all are there at different times. I'm, I'm, this isn't judgment. I get there. I get there. I see the rain. And by the way, you can't deny the rain. You've got to embrace the rain. You see it. You know it. It's there. But your quality of life, your happiness is not depending on whether it's raining or not. But sometimes it is. And sometimes we get in that place and we just start defining our relationships by the rain. And our job, by the rain. Our life, by the rain. And if that's you, if there's any part of your life that you're defining based upon sorrowful circumstance, then you need the Holy Spirit of God to do some work in your heart today. To bring some healing into your heart. That's one test. But the, 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 the... the opposite is also true. So, so all the days of the afflicted are evil, but then he says the person with a good heart has a continual feast. He's talking about the person with a good heart in the context of affliction. He's saying there are days when good people experience bad things, and that would include all of us today. As followers of Christ, we experience bad circumstances. And he's saying uh, in those days when the circumstances stink, if your heart is good, if it's whole, if it's healthy, then you're celebrating. Continual feast. Two words. Continual means you don't stop. Feast. That's not a, that, that's not a religious festival there. Feast. That is a birthday celebration where there is some dancing going on and other stuff. I say other stuff to describe the things that some of you do at your birthday parties that you would not invite me to be a part of. Because I'm Baptist. Really because I'm a Baptist preacher. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? They would drink it up. That's what that, that feast, I mean, it's, a, it, it's about a big blowout. It is a party, a celebration. And what he's saying is, hey, listen, when your heart is healthy, every day is a happy day. Because the quality of your life is not dependent upon the quality of your circumstances. The quality of your life and your relationships and your job is dependent upon the quality of your heart. So how's the quality of your heart? When it's all said and done, if we're going to have a happy heart, 
We're going to have a heart that has been healed by the Spirit of God and is being healed by the Spirit of God. Here's what I think. I think all of us come into this room and all of us are carrying different kinds of wounds or pains or sorrows or griefs or past experiences, and those things have shaped our view of ourselves and our circumstances and our life in a negative way, in such a negative way that, that we can't see the flowers that are going to be blooming in May because of the rain in April. And today that needs to change. I say today it needs to change because tomorrow it may come back. But, but, but today it needs to change. We need a new perspective. We need to embrace that whole and healthy heart that Jesus died and rose again and poured out his spirit in our life to give us. Today's the day where it begins again. Today we need to feed on the faithfulness of God, not the foolishness that has been our diet for so long. So my prayer for each and every one of us is that we would give ourselves up to the Spirit of God. He's the one that gives us the understanding we need. He's the one that will give us the insight we crave. He is the one who gives us the power we need to embrace the life that God wants for us. He's the one that will shape our heart to make it happy. But we've got to submit ourselves to him. We've got to yield to him. We've got to surrender to him. My prayer is that the Spirit of God does a mighty work in your heart today. Change you. Shape you. Transform you. So that you can say with the Apostle Paul, no matter what the state of my circumstances, I have learned to be happy.